Okay, so this is the UCAR series finale, but as you know, we've decided to make each episode standalone this year. Mm. So no bringing back characters or situations just to mm-hmm. artificially up the stakes or create a false sense of narrative closure. Do I make myself clear, mm. Loz? Crystal clear. Chris? Yes, I understand. Dentist from episode one? Yes, that makes absolute sense. Simply bringing back characters from an earlier episode isn't the same as having a well-thought-through season arc. Also, I think you have a spot of fissure decay on your right-hand premolar first bicuspid. Hey, hey, Folde, what this shiny fruit that twinkles with skylight and steals our talking? Not now, Plonga. Folde will try to eat fruit. Get talking back from Sky God. Right, as I was saying, get that microphone out of your mouth, Folde. We aren't going to resort to cheap... Perhaps we could use the Turbo Boost, kid. We're not going to use Turbo Boost, David Hasselhoff. It barely even makes sense in a podcast context. Yes, be quiet, Hasselhoff, or I'll get you with my Terramax Liberator Feather Duster. And then you'll be sorry. Uh, excuse me, but my, my microphone seems a, a little quiet. Maybe I could boost the signal by attaching a, a bunch of electric eels? Maybe you need some of this filtered water my company developed. It could just be a frog in your throat. What did you say? I find that kind of language offensive. I'm a frog. Now I'm another frog. Did someone say offensive language? I love offensive language. It's the only fun I can still have with this implant. Excuse me, someone said there'd be a free bar. Not now, Uncle Bobat. I knew I shouldn't have brought you to this podcast recording. You're so embarrassed. Sorry, did I just step on someone? Yes, you did step on someone. But rest easy. We are here to witness the death of Angstrom, for we are the Vajarian Witnesses, or possibly the Thurjarian Witnesses, depending on which website you use for episode recaps. Did there always used to be this many presenters? Andy? Well, I think that even though Matt Smith is very young to play the Doctor, he has an old soul. That's a fresh take, isn't it? Now it's time for the regeneration game. We haven't done the regeneration game in years, Ucos 1.0. But that's not important. What is important is we're not going to feature any returning characters in this episode. What's the rule? No, no returning characters. characters. Good. Now cue the theme song. Oh. Hello everyone and welcome to the series finale of the Ucast. And we're all here for one final episode of this season. There will not be another Oodcast in 2018 and only one in 2019. <gasps> Crazy stuff. Shocking. You'll be 40. 
the next time there's new Doctor Who. That so, is right. So will I. But yep. then I, I would and have been if you. it had been broadcast at the same time next year. Good point. So. Uh, we have a full complement of Oods. We have Andy, Chris and Loz say hello. 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 Really good. That was just a very quick way of doing that. So we are here to talk about the finale, which was called the Battle of Ranskur Av Kolos, or as I like to think of it, the Battle of Razul Gul. <laughs> yes. Mm, that's definitely what it was. The Battle of Ankhmore Pork. <laughs> I think it sounds like a delicious meal that you'd find on the menu, like halfway down at a restaurant, maybe a Turkish restaurant. Yeah. But it wouldn't be a delicious meal, would it? It would be a meal with seven chilies beside it, indicating that <laughs> yes. it was incredibly spicy and dangerous for you. It would be a, the, the the battle of number forty six plus a <laughs> naan bread is a lot easier to say than this, and more memorable in some ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So we do have a series finale here. The structure of the season has meant that there isn't a ongoing arc, which means that this ser- this one has to deliver some way on a finale type feel without really having so much to to go on in that way. Mm. Um, they've done this by bringing back everyone's favourite toothy <laughs> monster, Tim Shaw. Uh, Tim Shaw. Who's next? A venti cappuccino. With extra foam, please. Uh, drink in or take out? Take out. Oh, sorry, sir. We don't have any venti takeout cups left. What? You dare to betray me? I will have revenge. Five planets shall be imprisoned in plasticky-looking crystals, their whole populations vaporized as a result of your failure to please me. You uh, could just drink it here, sir. Oh. Right. I'll do that then. He was the first thing that this new doctor faced in her new body. So I guess there is a kind of cyclical process at work there. What did everyone think? Well, hands up anybody who didn't see that coming a mile off. Oh, it's an audio podcast. But yeah, I think everybody pretty much guessed, didn't they? My favourite take on it was someone that pointed out that was clearly the most expensive prosthetic they built for this series. (laughs) So obviously that was going to come back for the finale. Uh, but yeah, it was f- fairly obvious that it was either going to be him or the racist funds. Yeah. So. Yeah. We didn't see any mention of, what was it, the lonely child or the child in yeah. space or anything like that. And I thought, well, maybe yeah. that'll come back. Red herring. I have recently been replaying The Secret of Monkey Island, which is a point and click <laughs> adventure game. And at one point you do pick up a red herring. And I was hmm. expecting to not use it, but in fact, you do use it's it. a literal red herring. Yeah, it's a literal oh. red herring. And you're like, oh, I've got a red herring. Do I need to use that for something? Yes, you do. You use it to bribe a troll on a bridge. <gasps> Cunning. Yeah. Well, there you go. Free gaming advice from the Ucast as well. Yeah, as long as you're playing games from 25 years ago. <laughs> which I am. So I, good. I thought it had quite a lot in parallel with um, Stargate, like the film and possibly the series in that you have a group of people with spirally thingies on their faces who (laughs) accidentally summon a destroying god through a portal type thing. Mm. I thought, uh, yeah, yeah, there were some parallels there. But that is something that I've just lit upon in my head because I was thinking about how much I liked the Ammonite style makeup on the on the cheeks on of the, the Ux. Ucks mm. are an interesting race, just always only being two. They're like Sith Lords, yeah. but more benign. I, I was confused. Idea. Are they, they are they immortal? 
No, because oh. they talk about there being generations of us. Ah. So they're not immortal. But generations but must be powerful. really long if really they live for 3,000 years. They yeah. haven't aged either. The young one was still the young <laughs> one. <laughs> there is echoes of other whose stories. It's pretty stolen earthy in some yes. ways. Yeah, very. Well, and they didn't try to hide that either, did they? Because they referenced it in the episode, which oh, yeah. is probably a good idea. <laughs> I think, yeah. And that's quite interesting because, of course, in that episode, didn't the Doctor have to drive... The doctor had to do something so that the atmosphere of the earth wasn't sucked off. Like, I believed we used the analogy, like a, a tennis ball coated in Nutella being pulled through a bath. Oh, yes, we did. I don't oh. think the doctor did do anything. I think we were just saying that that w- would be what happened to the atmosphere. Oh, right. I think. <laughs> but that is what happened to the atmosphere of the five planets that were nicked this time round. You mean scientifically we were right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have, after extensive and rigorous testing. Uh, are you listening, Chibnall? We should be scientific advisors on that basis. Clearly. That's the way in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah point out the flaw. Mm-mm, maybe not. Um, mm. So, yeah, But I thought, you know, there was loss... On a, a giant scale, loss of life during this episode and real peril. Mm. Like when the big red death ray thing or whatever it was that the Ux were creating. Big red death ray. Big red death ray. <laughs> when it zapped into the earth, I thought, oh no, what is it doing? But it turned out that, what was it doing? It was just trying to envelope the earth. So Once it had enveloped the earth, then everyone would have died. But it, they didn't die until the process was complete. It was very lucky that that was, <laughs> it was of, the way it worked. Look at the beautiful red sky. Kind yeah, of thing. Like, yes. oh, shepherd's delight <laughs> or shepherd's warning, depending on where depending you were. Depending on where you were at the time. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, it's going to be a great morning. I can just feel it. <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought that Tim Shaw, he kind of reminded me a bit of, um, I don't know, maybe a character from Hellraiser or something like that. He felt like a cut price Davros to me. <laughs> yes, a little bit like that. Because he wasn't very mobile. He had loads of weird plastic, like foldy straws coming out of him mm-hmm. that, that didn't seem to do much. <laughs> well, that's the true mark of villainy, isn't it? Yeah. We all know what plastic is yeah. doing to our oceans. Very bad. Mm. I thought the whole concept of the Ux was really interesting. I would mm. like to see them again and see what they can do when they're not under the thumb of the sort of a tin pot dictator. I'd like to see another pair of Ux. Mm. But we won't. We might never. Unless they zap themselves really, really far forwards or backwards in time. Or, or are we pronouncing or, it right? Or is it Ux? Ux. I think it's Ux. Because I kept thinking of a, of, of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a pair of Ux. Yeah, there's a pair of Ux. <laughs> no, no, it was not that. I mean, okay. no, that that would have been a slightly less exciting episode, but better for the budget, I imagine. <laughs> if there was just a pair of Uggs. <laughs> Ooh, an ancient and mysterious race. <laughs> Look what they can do. <laughs> oh, my feet are so toasty. <laughs> I thought Mark Addy was very good in this episode. Mm. I liked his sort of shell-shocked blithering. And I, I also quite enjoyed the whole concept of the neural, what was it called a neural blocker? Or a, no, neural balancer. A neural yeah. balancer. That it's confusing because what they used it to do was block. Yes. <laughs> Later on. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Chibnall loves his implants. So in almost every episode that he's written, the doctor like forces something onto the faces or into the neck of her companions. Okay. The atmosphere of this planet causes paranoia and irrationality, so everyone's got to wear one of those neurobalancers. And obviously we need to talk to each other, so everyone put on a dedicated throat mic. 
Actually, there could be high levels of radiation from the derelict craft, so I want you all to strap on a dedicated Chin Geiger counter. Ooh, and we might need to share visual information, so I've got you all these cheek-mounted high-res cameras. If you need toothpaste, here's a toothpaste dispensing temple implant, and this is a dedicated 3D printer to install in one of your earlobes. I've built scuba gear into these tooth caps, and we'll probably need a hairline force field generator each too. That should do it. Actually, I'll just add telescopic contact lenses, a homing device in the base of your skulls, a forehead catapult, hair rockets, and these little stickers of Pokemon to fill in any gaps. But that's it. Everyone ready? Let's go save the day. Or we could all fall flat on our faces. That works too. It's quite fun to actually have them running around looking a little bit like the Borg by the end of it. <laughs> just very like Borg light, just dabbling in Borg. Yeah. Maybe just Borg. That's the way the Borg, Borg began, just with a few things and then... Are you saying the Borg is Team TARDIS? <gasps> that would be good. Ooh. That would be awesome. I did read a comic with the Doctor versus the Borg. It was good. Then she finds out it's herself. Yeah, she created it. Oh, my gosh. That would be... No, that didn't happen. Or if it's the Valiard, the return of the Valiard. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be proper creepy. So what, one way they signalled the finale was the return of Tim Shaw, but the other way was the final resolution of the Graham and Ryan and Grace storyline that has been threaded throughout this mm. season. For me, this was far and away the most successful part of the episode. I, I've been uh, very, very vocal in my support of how good Graham is as a character, mm -hmm. and I thought that bit where he takes the Doctor aside and says, I'm going to do this. And the Doctor does her normal thing where she kind of tries to out-intellect and out-compassion him. But he's like, he was just a blank behind the eyes. Like, no, I've got yeah. to do this. And that was really chilling to have a companion like that. And that whole storyline for me was amazing. But the thing was that he was right. Like, if she had zapped Tim Shaw properly, there would be five whole planets of creatures that would still be alive. It doesn't make her any less right. Yeah. No, because um, Tim Shaw chose to kill five planets. And he is choosing of to kill Tim Shaw. I know it's a you know it's, scale. Yes, I think scale matters. Like if I step on an ant, is that worse than choosing to kill twenty thousand people? Uh, no. It depends how you step on the ant. <laughs> Accidentally or on purpose? Forcefully. Forcefully. And, and how would, how would the ants bring about prejudice. the death of uh, 20,000 people? Maybe it's just a very important ant. <laughs> you the ant. Import <laughs> ant. <laughs> oh, hey. I love that in this instance, the sniper robots could be defeated by the simple sort of <laughs> duck. duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense because they're not very good. <laughs> this... Yeah, that's fact that we established while <laughs> seeing them in action. I really liked how um, they didn't allow it to get too schmaltzy between Graham and Ryan. You mm. know, Ryan has said, Grandad, and he said, I love you, but that doesn't fix everything. Mm. And I thought that was actually quite realistic. Families do have conflict within them that, that does emerge even after people have said sorry. So I thought that was actually quite... That was quite intelligent writing. And, and yeah. I liked how Ryan was the one who made Graham see sense, as it were. He's Ryan gets in there to change Graham's mind in a way that the Doctor can't. I, I really liked the fact that Ryan was the one that was there with him to remind him why they are close and why he shouldn't do it. I, I liked, I did like that a lot. I did feel a bit sorry for Yaz again because she ends up in this 
situation where she's just doing what the doctor tells her all the time and Ryan and Graham can go off with guns. That's a function of her not having her own storyline, season-long storyline. There's nothing to dig into with her. She has this contained episode, which is brilliant, uh, with Demons of the Punjab, Mm. where she gets to shine. But that is sort of started and ended within the space of one episode which is not true of this other storyline. Yeah. Although I do like that she feels almost like an equal or, or a peer of the Doctor. Like the Doctor is able to tell her, you know, connect wire A into slot B. And she sort of says, oh, well, that doesn't seem to make sense, but how are we going to do it? And then They can make IKEA furniture together, basically. <laughs> <They can> make... <laughs> mm-hmm. wow, that is a unique relationship. <laughs> Look, Delph, a man has appeared before us in a flash of blue light. He must be the creator. How do you know that, Adinio? It is just as it was foretold in the prophecy. He's just vomited up a load of blue slime. Is that in the prophecy? Yes. And lo shall come a man bathed in blue light... And you shall know him by the throat biscuits he shall spew at your feet. He is definitely our holy and exalted God. But he can hardly walk. He looks really messed up, like he's nearly dead. Such is the way of our mighty Lord. We shall know him by his vomit, but also by his inability to stand upright and also by his bleeding all over the place. Well, if he is indeed the God of the Ux, then he must be incredibly powerful nevertheless. I mean, we can create vast monoliths by force of will alone. I can't imagine what he's capable of. Ah, young one, you have much to learn. For it is written in our holy book that our God is actually much less powerful than we are, completely unable to perform miracles and easily defeated by being shot in the foot by old men. Also, he has lots of teeth embedded in his face. You're just making stuff up now. Chris Alpha, do you have a haiku for this episode? Of course I do. Which I'm studiously avoiding the name of because I can't remember it. That's okay. I've got it written in front of me, so I'll read it out now. Okay. This is the haiku for the Battle of Ranskor Avkolos. Denture-based villain returns to pinch some planets. There are no battles. Yeah, take that title of the episode. (laughs) What are you talking about? Well, we thought we'd take a few moments now to look back on the entire season. The finale is a function of the longer season and we can review that, but we'd also like to take a look back on the whole of season 10 and what we've thought about it. It has been a controversial season in some ways for some bits of fandom. Um, So I'm really interested to hear what people thought overall. Shall I start with young Andrew, who has not been here as much as the rest of us? Yes, I don't know. I mean, it's been a mixed bag and I've liked a very large amount of it. And I thought that Jodie is absolutely marvellous and very much the Doctor. Uh, So I'm very happy about that. And I think that the historicals shone particularly Mm. brightly. Uh, as as tremendous telly um, and there's one or two lovely ideas in there uh, the rest of it as well so yeah I mean broadly speaking great Doctor Who I feel it needs Chibbers needs another season to really sort of um, 
establish his style. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm loving it. Thanks, Andy. A lovely, positive beginning. Young Laura. Yeah, the majority of the episodes were really, really good. There are a couple where my attention wandered, got a bit cheesed off towards the end of The Witch Hunters and Kablam. I don't know why. I think it's just sometimes the quality of the script doesn't necessarily match up with the quality of the performances. And the production. And the production. I think. But in a season where we've had some real gems like Rosa and the Saranga Conundrum and Demons of the Punjab... And, of course, in an absolutely seminal season where, for the first time, we've got a woman at the helm. At the fir- it's sort of the first time it wasn't a seminal season. <laughs> oh, you cheeky one. Oh. <laughs> um, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like it's been wonderful. The amount of people who I know who've switched on and started watching is huge. I'm really, really glad that the show's going in the direction that it's going in. I can't wait to see the New Year's Day special. And oh, I yeah. can't wait to see the next season. I just wish it was going to be slightly sooner. But we're not annoyed about that, of course, because big TV programmes take time to get made. And it's still being made. Yeah. That's the most important thing <laughs> exactly. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <clears throat> Sad, not angry. Yeah. Mr. Alpha. Yeah, I, I think it was... Well, to me, it was another season of Doctor Who. There were some... You're correct, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just, right, let me just check. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you for double-checking that. It's always helpful. There are some bits I didn't like as much as others, and there are some that I would choose to go back to watch repeatedly. Um, and they're, in some cases, different from the ones that Lars was talking about, and they're almost always different from the, people, the ones that people on Twitter are talking about, mm-hmm. because... They are angry sometimes. They are Um, sometimes. I think there are reasons to be overjoyed at the way the programs are going. The programs going, and there's reasons to be cautious. But that's always true of Doctor Who, and I'm just happy that it's still happening on the screen, and we can all enjoy it still. Jodie is particularly great. I think the team TARDIS is. I think that's worked having three companions Mm. again, and I think they're all fabulous actors and they're all gelling together really nicely so i'm really happy they're still they're staying together i think if i was going to change one thing i would have brought back a an old monster just to kind of cement things a little bit more do we think new year's day is going to bring back a monster i mean it it looks that way Mm. they are hiding something yeah and lots of people are saying that that title they've announced is missing three words off the end Mm. of the zygons Daleks, Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do we think of the big of the big monsters? Which one is it going to be? Do you think it's going to be Daleks? It's obviously going to be the Daleks. What if it's like if a Raston wa- warrior oh, robot? That would or be amazing. Like that? Oh, that would be so cool. I would Meglos. love the re- <laughs> <laughs> the resolution of Meglos. What if it's succulent? <laughs> <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah. So I think for me, ah, oh, I've loved this season. For so many reasons, but really interestingly, and I think like the rest of you, not so much for the actual scripts and dialogue. I think just completely my own opinion, but the high watermark in terms of big ideas and dialogue is going to be the Moffat era for me Mm. um, and will continue to be for a good long time until maybe 
Jamie Matheson takes over. But everything else about the series, the performances of the main characters, the way it looks at the cinematography, mm, the, yeah. music, the music, yes. um, the decisions behind the scenes, like a more diverse writing mm. uh, writer's room, um, directors that are more gender balanced, uh, diversity across guest stars and uh, in all departments it seems to be part of Chibnall's modus operandi that he is extending that out in every way he can all of that I am so happy about and that's actually enough I didn't know if it would be I didn't know Mm. that if maybe I didn't there aren't so many episodes where I jumped out of my seat because I was so happy at this magical thing that was happening on screen and when that did happen it came from performance rather than script, I think, a lot of the time, mm. although there are undoubtedly some beautiful moments. The the sum of its parts are, are greater for me. I am mm. so proud of this season. I'm so happy that it exists, um, and I can't wait for more of it. I think I'd quite like to see them do an arc. I know that he was against arcs, but he's good at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I'm not a massive fan of Broadchurch, but that's a really good example of how well an arc works in a series. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see him do that with Doctor Who. And I think it could be fantastic. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So we're giving out a lot of love and support Mm. to you. Totally. Jim, no! Sorry. Um, And we look forward to a barnstorming new year for one episode. Resolution of the Barnstormers. It's <laughs> a good name. Will it be the same barn that the Doctor uh-huh. has only ever been to on Gallifrey? Not been anywhere else. Revolution in the barn. <laughs> no, it'll be. A, Sorry, resolution in the be barn. Visitation all over again. Yeah. Whatever the Terralet. Terralettals. Terralettals. Yeah. Showdown at the Hoedown. <laughs> Another episode of the Oodcast draws to an end, and really the end of the series. Although there will be one special. I think I speak for all the youths to say that we have been very touched by the response online to this stupid little Mm. podcast. Uh, (laughs) We love it. Thank you so much for supporting us. We will always be back when there's new Doctor Who. Um, We hope that you understand that we might not be back week in, week out, as this is such a lot of work to do, (laughs) but uh, such an honour and a wonderful thing as well. Um, we will still hang around the community if you'd like to interact with us on the off time. So please come. We'll try and sort of po- pose more questions and and put more threads on there. Mm. Um, there are a few episodes for us to mop up. So there will be a few more Ucasts, but they'll be back in season six and stuff. <laughs> Just, but we're going to get them out <laughs> because we recorded them piggledy, anyway. Piggle the order. Yeah. Timey, wimey, podcasty, You know, the order that you're used to from us. <laughs> <by now. laughs> Ten episodes on the trot, though. I know. Yeah. Well done, us. Let, hang on. Let's see if we get this out in time first. Yeah. Oh, in time. Let's see if it gets out before New Year's Day. Let's... I can just delete it if it's not. We can say it and then I can just delete it if it doesn't happen. That's true. I would like everyone to say a final thought to let our fellow Hoovians go off into the world. Give them something to hold on to. I will say this. May the best of your past be the worst of your future. It's nice to be back in the Hood. Until the next time, goodbye. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Every great decision creates ripples like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. The ripples merge and rebound off the banks in unforeseeable ways. The heavier the decision, the larger the waves, the more uncertain the consequences. That is from Remembrance of the Daleks. (gasps) Ace! Toodle pip! Bye bye! Cheerio! See ya! 
Tim Shaw, Venti Gingerbread Latte, Tim Shaw. My name, puny mere human, is Jim Shaw. Well, that's what I said. No, it isn't. What did I say then? You said Tim Shaw. Well, how's that any different? It's not my name. That is how it is different. What should I have said then? Sim Shaw. Tim Shaw. No. Sim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. How's that? Just give me my coffee.